Well, good evening, everybody. I want to thank you for your faithfulness to the church here. We've been able to uh, meet a lot of people, and we've been blessed uh, by the time that my wife and I have been here with you and and have been encouraged. We uh, are uh, looking forward to go back to Japan. Uh, We are leaving a week from tomorrow. We were planning on leaving yesterday or tomorrow, but... uh, uh, we didn't get all of our uh, irons, uh, we didn't get everything uh, uh, quite done that we wanted to do, so we're going back a week from tomorrow. Uh, so anyway, thank you for your prayers as we go back. Uh, uh, I've enjoyed sitting under uh, Pastor uh, Henry's uh, preaching. It's been uh, an encouragement to me, and I'm sure it has been to you as well. But, uh, you know, I was a couple years ago, after I turned our church over to our son Steve, we kept working with him for a little while, and my wife and I were praying about what to do, and uh, we didn't feel like it was God's will to go out and start another church. We started four, and and, uh, and so we started praying about what God wanted us to do. The more we prayed about it, the more it seemed like God was opening the doors for us to go and, and help some of the national pastors there in Japan. A lot of them, as the video said, uh, are, uh, are struggling, and uh, we want to go back and encourage as many of the national pastors as we can, as well as uh, to help out with the missionaries. Uh, one ministry that we do have, uh, we have had for about 10 years, is we go pick up uh, things from a Costco store, about 20 minutes from us, a Costco store opened about uh, 10 years ago, and, and from the very beginning, God uh, led us to be able to get bread from the Costco store, and we've taken that. We go twice a week, and we take the bread and, and send it all out throughout Japan to the pastors, uh, to camps, to um, uh, Bible colleges, uh, and, uh, and missionaries alike. And for the 10 years and the twice a week that we've gone to pick it up, I don't think we've thrown any of it away. Uh, but uh, So anyway, we've had that ministry, and, and we had a p- pastor who wrote us, who got bread from us, and he said, you know, pray, pray for us. He says, we've been working at this church for 13 years. And he said, we have five people coming. <laughs> and he says, and we're having to move our building on top of that. So I could, I could read in that letter his discouragement. Uh, not that he was ready to give up, because they don't give up. They want to keep going for the Lord. But I could read in the letter that he, uh, that he was discouraged and needed our prayers. But I also think that they needed encouragement. And so as we prayed about it, uh, we came back. As soon as we got back, we went to our mission board, VIMI, and uh, got our president, vice president, asked our director to get everybody together on the board. Of course, our board is made up of Baptist pastors. And to get to as many as they could uh, to a meeting. And when Glenda and I showed up, they had about a dozen there. And we shared with them uh, our ministry, what we wanted to do. And, uh, and after we shared that with them... Uh, Vice President Godfrey, who has been to Japan almost every year, he comes to our uh, um, yearly Bible conference. Uh, he got up and he says, folks, this seems like uh, uh, church planting, if I've ever heard of it. So uh, he was behind it and all of them behind it. And so with that, Glenda and I started our, our furlough, and we've been around the states <laughs> in these uh, few months. We've been uh, on the road uh, 35,000 miles since we've been home. Uh, but we've been able to get to all of our sharing, uh, all of our supporting churches, and share with them uh, the new ministry and the new burden that God has put upon our hearts. And, uh, Pastor, uh, none, none of the supporting churches that we have had have been in opposition of what we are uh, planning to do. So that is another uh, uh, 
proof that God wants us uh, to go in the direction we're going. You know, when I went, and when Glenda and I went, first went to Japan 42 years ago, uh, we knew 100% uh, in our hearts that it was God's will. I mean, uh, we prayed. Every time we prayed, God just showed us uh, so clearly out of, the, out of uh, various circumstances, but he showed us so clearly that it was his will. And so, you know, the, I, no doubt 42 years on the mission field, and, uh, and they called Japan the graveyard of missionaries because so many missionaries go there and, and, and don't stick it out. But the only reason that we have stuck it out, I believe, is uh, knowing that it was God's will. And, uh, and so we've uh, uh, come back, and, and I can't say 100% sure that I know where I'm going and what I'm going to be doing, uh, but I was reading the commentary of H.A. Ironside, and he made a comment that of all of the decisions that he had to make in his life, 80% of the time he made a decision without having 100% assurance uh, that it was God's will until after he made the decision. And I thought, wow, that's H.J. Ironside. <laughs> and uh, I thought, wow, you know, I don't have 100% assurance, but I know that uh, what he was saying, that the decisions he had to make in life, he made it by faith. Believing it was God's will, doing it, and then afterwards finding out uh, it was God's will. And so uh, that is where my wife and I are. And I, I just feel that God is going to open doors for us. And we're going to be able to be an encouragement to people uh, wherever we go. And already we've had opportunities to serve the Lord in ways that I would never have thought otherwise. And I just came from Georgia where I uh, um, videotaped for YouTube our uh, Japanese listeners, uh, 40 sermons that I preached in four full days in Japanese. And, you know, we'll be preaching that on, uh, on our radio station in Japan as well as on YouTube. So these are just opportunities that God has opened up for my wife and I as, uh, as we head back to Japan. And as I said, believing that it is God's will and, uh, uh, Brother Aaron probably picked the songs that we sang tonight. I think Sweet By and By, you probably picked that out for me. I don't know. But one day we will meet again. And uh, it may be here. It may be there. Or it may be in the air. Who knows? But anyway, uh, we have enjoyed our time with you. And uh, we'll miss you. I want you to open your Bibles tonight. Second Samuel chapter five. Second Samuel chapter five. <clears throat> By the way, take a prayer card in the back. I got your name I got your church name on the back, so you gotta pray for me. <laughs> All right. Take a prayer card and pray for us as we go back. You know, in Second Corinthians chapter one and verse eleven. As you turn to 2 Samuel chapter 5, I've got to turn there myself. 2 Samuel chapter 5. Uh, but in first, uh, 2 Corinthians 1.11, Paul said, Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that by the gift bestowed upon us, by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. And you know, Paul said, helping together by prayer for us. Makes it clear that the aid of prayer... Uh, uh, of his fellow Christians uh, was what helped him accomplish what he did. The aid of God's people praying. 
And, and you know, I have my mother with me tonight, and she's one of my biggest prayer supporters, prayer, prayer supporters that I have, but um, I believe that all, many of the prayers that uh, she has offered up, many of them God has answered, and so she's one of my big prayer partners, but, and big prayer supporters, but you remember when the disciples went to Jesus, and they came to him, and he says, your mother and your brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee, remember that, remember that, and Jesus said to him, said to them, my mother and my brethren are those that, in one place in the Bible, he says, are those that do the will of God. And in another place, in the same reference, it says those that obey and do the word, the, the, and obey the word of God. And so I believe that tonight I have many mothers here. <laughs> and I believe I have many brothers in, in, the, in uh, spiritual brothers as well. I I have five sisters, no brothers, but I believe I do have a lot of uh, brothers in the faith that are praying for me, and many mothers and sisters as well. So uh, aid us, if you would, by your prayers, and we'll be thank, uh, thankful for that. Now, my message tonight is taken from 2 Samuel chapter 5, and uh, let's, open, let's begin reading, if you would, in verse 6. And it says, And the king and his men went to Jerusalem. Unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, Except thou take away the blind and the lame, thou shalt not come in hither, thinking David cannot come in thither. Hither, Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, the same is the city of David. On May 14, 2018, President Trump declared Jerusalem the capital of Israel. And of course, uh, of course many... Uh, uh, everybody got up in arms, so to speak, <laughs> about uh, about that, and uh, and and yet the world will wake up one day to the fact that God gave that land to David and the seed for an eternal inheritance, and uh, and uh, and it it started right here in Second Samuel chapter five. It says, and nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, probably. Uh, one of the most amazing things in all the Bible was that the Jebusites, as they uh, tried to stand their ground in that city, uh, well, you know, uh, that they, uh, Abraham called that city Salem. And uh, we know that Joshua was there in Jerusalem. We know that Saul, actually before David, had control of Jerusalem. But somewhere be- between Saul and here, the Jebusites took control of the fort. And, uh, and so David and his men come to take back the city of Jerusalem. And, and of course, uh, I believe the, the king is standing here mocking David. I believe this whole uh, scenario here that we're reading about is the king mocking David. And so he sets these blind people up on the, uh, on the wall. And he sets these lame people up on the wall. And uh, as if to say, these people can keep David out, <laughs> you know. And, and basically what he's saying, David, uh, he says, you'll, you'll, uh, uh, you'll uh, uh, not come into the city. Uh, these people here are enough to keep you out. But he says, you'll come into the city only over my dead body. Well, guess what? <laughs> David went into that city over his dead body <laughs> and uh, took control of the city. And... Uh, and uh, you know, he had, he had the wind of God 
uh, at his back. And I say wind of God, of kamikaze, kamikaze which is the wind of God. Uh, but he had the wind of God with a, a, a capital G, not a little g. <laughs> uh, he had the wind of God in his back. Look in verse 9. It says, So David dwelt in the fort and grew great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. And uh, uh, in verse 9 it says, I'm sorry, verse 9 says, And David dwelt in the fort and called it the city of David, and David built round about from Milo uh, and inward. And David went on and grew great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. Uh, if we keep reading, we see that the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. Now, this uh, portion of Scripture is mentioned several times, once here, once in Chronicles. Basically, the same story uh, that we read here. But we know that God was with David, and uh, God blessed him. And uh, Jerusalem, what a city. Uh, it means peace, uh, pro- the foundation of peace. It was referred to uh, as Salem in Abraham's day. It is called uh, Salem symbolically in Psalms, and it is called Zion uh, poetically because of the uh, this uh, part of the city that sits on Mount Zion. However, uh, there has been little peace in Jerusalem. But you know, God is the one who is truly in control uh, of uh, it, and uh, and I think we should uh, continue to pray as it tells us in the scriptures to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You know, um, Haggai tells us uh, a fulfillment about the city of Jerusalem. It says, The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord. So those days are coming. Well, uh, the uh, days of millennium, well, it will be at peace. But, you know, one thing about Jerusalem, it was the place that God had chosen uh, it was God's elected place uh, for his name to be presented there. First Kings uh, tells us about that. Uh, but it was also elected to be the place of worship. And after uh, King David came his son uh, Solomon. And after Solomon came Rehoboam. Uh, but if you know anything about the scriptures, Solomon, he got away from God, right? He began to get away from the Lord at the uh, end of his reign. And then uh, it was at that time that Rehoboam uh, became king. And God didn't like what he was uh, continuing to do after his father. So God took ten of those tribes away from Rehoboam and gave them to Jeroboam. And as we read in the scriptures, Jeroboam could, become, could have become a great, great king. as He could have been a, another David, actually. But Jeroboam had a problem. He was afraid uh, that if the people returned to Jerusalem to worship where God had, uh, had uh, uh, commanded them, that the people would go back to Rehoboam. So what did he do? He set up worship in two places, in, in Dan and in Bethel, and set up idols there and uh, commanded the people to go there to worship. And the Bible tells us that that became the sin of Jeroboam. You've read about it. How many have read about it in the scripture, the sin of Jeroboam? You know, when God decides to do something, we better listen to him. <laughs> and uh, when it came to worship, people uh, were commanded to go there. And you may ask me tonight, well, what does that have to do with us today? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the kings of the earth and the people of the earth, they gather together and, and, and you know... Uh, they have uh, they have in mind to keep the gospel from spreading. You know, China thinks that they can do it. Communist countries think that they can do it, but they can't. Uh, 
Uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, the Bible tells us in uh, Romans 8, 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? And what I, I'm speaking about tonight is how God is opening the doors for the gospel. And, uh, uh, you know, God is still on the same throne that he was when David uh, was a king. And God uh, is uh, opening doors for us as Christians and as believers uh, to take the gospel to the far ends of the earth. And uh, in Matthew twenty four fourteen it says, And this gospel of the kingdom uh, shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And then in uh, Mark sixteen fifteen it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I just uh, quoted Mark 16, 15, in case you thought that your hearing aids just went berserk. <laughs> your hearing aids are okay. <laughs> uh, but he said, uh, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And you know, in order for us to be able to do that, God has to open doors. He calls people to the mission field. And people have uh, uh, surrendered to that calling. Uh, I have surrendered that calling. It is my calling. We have to go. Uh, my wife's mother-in-law. Oh, why do you have to go? Why do you have to go to Japan? That was many, many years ago. Uh, she thought it was, you know, she could talk us out of it. But many years ago, why do you have to go to Japan? There's churches all over America that need churches, you know. And, uh, but it is our calling. Uh, but, you know, God is opening doors for us. Uh, and just before God closes the book of time, and just before the end of the world, when God himself closes the doors of history, we see hints of God opening doors that will never be closed. And we have clear references of God opening doors for the overcomers, just like he did for David. You know, 12 years ago, when my wife and I had our last furlough and was able to visit all of our churches, uh, we went uh, out to Boston, Massachusetts. We were back there just not too long ago, um, in the Medford, Massachusetts. Tom Michaels is his name. He pastors the uh, uh, Salem Baptist Church in uh, uh, Medford, Massachusetts. We were there, and then we had to go up into Maine. And, and so my wife and I, 12 years ago, we left that church, and we went up the coast, started going towards Maine. And as we went up the coast, we came to a place called Salem, Massachusetts. Anybody know what Salem, Massachusetts is known for? Huh? Witches and witchcraft, that's right. Well, my wife and I, we walked into the information center. And when we did, we looked up, I mean, as, as you're greeted going through the door, right there on the wall of the information center is a plaque. And it says, America's first missionary left from Salem Bay. And I thought, wow. Well, actually, let me re-say let me re, re, uh, what it America's first missionary, and then it had its in parentheses, Baptist. America's first missionary, Baptist, left from Salem Bay. And I thought, wow. And I started reading and come to find out it was in the year 1812. Now, if you know your history, in the year 1812, something happened. The War of 1812 was looming. In other words, our second battle of independence was going to be fought. When our White House was burned down, and we would have to fight another war, but the Baptist understood that the gospel still had to go out. 
And in that year, they sent out our first missionary, and his name was Adoniram Judson. And he preached faithfully for 40 years the gospel in Burma. A very, very faithful missionary that we sent out. And you know, that's been over 250 years. But you know, think about it, folks. Think about it. One of the greatest missionaries we sent out from our country was sent out when our country probably hadn't even been formed. uh, Hadn't even been formed yet. In other words, people understood the need to send out missionaries. And I believe that over the 250 years that we have been sending out missionaries, I believe the reason that God has blessed our country the way he has is because we saw the need to send out missionaries. And I believe the reason our, 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 uh, our Savior has blessed uh, churches the way they have it's because the churches have got, have, have got that vision of sending out missionaries. And God blesses families that can get involved with missions. He blesses us if we get involved of that great commission that Jesus talked about. And I believe God has blessed us for that reason for all of these years. And I hope we never lose that vision of reaching this world for Jesus Christ. I hope we don't ever lose that vision. It's a great vision. And you know... I think of, I think of what uh, that means to this church. I know what that means to this church. I see all your missionary prayer, prayer letters uh, from Wednesday to Wednesday. I see your, your, the pictures of your... But how many churches would uh, you walk through would have a mission display these days? Probably not too many. But, uh, you know... Uh, we uh, had a great missionary that went out in 2018, or 1812. And God continues to press that upon our hearts. And I hope we never forget uh, what was started. By the way, notice it was Salem, Massachusetts that he left from. <laughs> I don't think that's ironic that it was uh, Salem, Massachusetts that he left from. But, uh, you know, God, uh, that, that spiritual battle for the souls of men will will no doubt continue until Jesus comes. You know, one of the darkest times for me as a missionary, let me just share that with you. I can share it with you because you're my church family. One of the darkest times for me as a missionary in Japan, you know when it is? It's when the devil comes up to me and he whispers in my ear, what are you still doing in Japan? He whispers in my ear, why don't you just quit? Why don't you go home? And uh, he, he says, uh, you know, you're a foreigner over here. They don't need you here. Those are the, the darkest times uh, that I face. And, and as soon as I hear it, I'm familiar with the voice. <laughs> I know who it is. And I say, get thee behind me, Satan. And uh, I have to. And, you know, um, that's... Uh, that's a, a door that Satan tr- tries to close over and over again. Tries to get me to quit and cheat, quit and go home. And when I hear that voice, I have to say, I have to sing the song, uh, This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine until Jesus comes. The children know that song. But what does verse 2, what does verse two say? Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. 
And, uh, you know, these, uh, these dark times will come. But I want you to turn your Bibles now to the book of Revelation in chapter 3. I'm, I'm, as I told you, I'm, I'm speaking on open doors. And Revelation chapter 3 talks about an open door here. Let's just talk over there. Revelation chapter 3 and turn to verse 6. Revelation chapter 3 verse 6. You know, when I was flying once, my wife and I were flying once over Alaska. It was already dark out. And the pilot, we fly that way, following the curvature of the earth. That's the fastest way to Japan, believe it or not, flying over the curvature of the earth around Alaska and over to Tokyo. But uh, the pilot told us that we were flying over Alaska. And as I like to do, I looked out the window, and of course it was pitch black, couldn't see a thing. And... Uh, and so I kept looking and waiting. And finally, I'd see a little flicker of light here, a little flicker of light there. And uh, I kept looking, you know, you, you, then every once in a while, you'd see those little flickers of light. And it didn't matter how dark it was. And it didn't matter that we were flying 30,000 feet uh, uh, in the air. I could still see those little lights just shining down there. I could still see him, you know. And what God told me through that is that, you know, you may be a little light, but in darkness you shine. And folks, listen to me here tonight. You may think that you are just a little light, but in darkness a little light shines. Don't lose your light. As Christians, don't lose that testimony that you have. Don't lose that light. Because it's... Uh, beneficial to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the devil will try to blow it out, but don't let him. Uh, that, that, uh, and you know the world is getting darker. I don't have to tell you that. But when you go to Japan, it's really spiritually dark. And, and that's where God needs his light to shine the most, is in those dark places around the world. But not, now let's read Revelation chapter 3, verse 6. It says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Notice what he says right here in verse 7. He that hath the key of David. He that hath the key of David. He that openeth, and no man uh, shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. What is he referring to? He's referring to that chapter we just read in Second Samuel chapter 5. He opened the door for David there and to go into Jerusalem. And guess what? guess what? It's still today called the city of David. He opened that door. And just as he opened that door for David back, back then, he's still on the throne today. And he still opens doors that no man can shut and shut that no man uh, can open. God is still in that business. Uh, we uh, uh, support a Japanese missionary to Bangladesh. Uh, Dr. Tomioka, he worked just 30 minutes away from our church. Uh, uh, he worked with, in fact, let me tell you this story. Uh, 
Dr. Tomioka went to Bangladesh. He arrived. Not long after he arrived, two missionaries uh, that had started a hospital and a church were sent home by the government. Dr. Tomioka was the one that had to step in and continue that work, and he has done that now for 30 years. And the government came to him not too long ago and told him that he also had to quit preaching the gospel <laughs> at his hospital. And uh, gave him that, uh, uh, um, what, um, huh? Ultimatum, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> and gave him that ultimatum. You have to shut down, you have to quit, quit preaching the gospel or you're going to shut you down. Well, he came back to the government and he said, go ahead, shut me down. You shut me down, I'll leave. I'll go back home, that's fine. You won't have a hospital here anymore. The government came back and said, you can keep preaching. <laughs> and, and so they have. They've been preaching and winning people to Christ or, and uh, baptizing people, and the church is growing. And, uh, you know, the doors closed for two American missionaries over 30 years ago. God opened up for a doctor 30 minutes from us working in the hospital. He got saved. God called him to be a missionary. And so he went through a correspondence course, graduated, went to Bangladesh and preached the gospel. Before he went, a, a nurse in his hospital wondered why a, a doctor would get a, give up a lucrative, uh, a lucrative job to go to a place like Bangladesh. She wanted to find out what made his clock tick. And so she came to our church and she heard the gospel. And she got saved. But, you know, it, it, I, could, I, could I could tell you story after story of how God closed doors and opened doors. And, and uh, it, it's, it's amazing to see what God is doing in our generation. But God is in that business of opening and shutting doors. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we, um, we think of our city, 33 million people uh, that, uh, metropolitan Church, uh, Tokyo's 33 million people, one of the most expensive cities in the world. And if we could go, if we could go there and plant four churches, you know, if God is calling, I think we could go almost anywhere and preach the gospel. Uh, I think anybody could do it. You know, we. Uh, by the way, as you read Revelation chapter two and Revelation chapter three, constantly the believers. In those two chapters are referred to as what? Overcomers. Uh, overcomers. They, uh, they are uh, referred to as overcomers. And you know, uh, we all face that. We all have things that we will battle. Uh, I will battle, uh, my wife and I will battle loneliness. Uh, we, will, we battle rejection. We battle doubt. We, we battle fears. We battle uh, finances. We battle customs. We battle language. We battle uh, strange food, although it's not strange to us anymore, any of it. Uh, we uh, drive on the left-hand side of the road. We don't think nothing about it. Come over here and still drive on the left-hand side of the road. <laughs> and Brother Looney, you found out that's not very safe, is it? <laughs> to drive on the left-hand side of the road in America. But anyway, only done it a few times. Haven't had anything uh, serious happen. But anyway, but uh, you know, the hardness of hearts, 
Uh, on our first term, we've, we lost a child. On our last term, we lost my father. We, had, uh, we have sorrows. We have tears just like you. We have sickness. But you know what? We're called overcomers for a reason. None of these things should separate us from the love of God. And, uh, and, uh, and so, you know, uh, you know I, I learned really fast in Japan that yes doesn't always mean yes. <laughs> Sometimes it means no. I would invite people to church. And uh, when we first uh, started in the, in the uh, ministry, I'd come home and I'd say, honey, I says, I think we got somebody new coming. And uh, I said, yeah. I says, uh, invite them to church. And they said, yeah, if I can come, I'll be there. And I, and, uh, and I thought, well, surely, you know, they meant it. Uh, you know, I, I just found out that that was a polite way of saying, no way, Jose. <laughs> I'm not going to be in church. <laughs> that was their polite way of saying no. But I've heard, heard, that, heard it over and over again too many times to realize that their yes is not always a yes. Sometimes it, it means, I understand what you're saying. Uh, basically, but um, anyway, uh, you know, there's so many things that are different between us and them, uh, us and, and the Japanese. You know, one thing that's really interesting is uh, when you go to Japan, you know, they're kind of short people, but they have these long wash rags. <laughs> you know, you can get your back really easy with these long wash rags. <laughs> you come over here, the Americans are so tall, they have these little square wash rags. <laughs> It's a weird, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. But anyway. <laughs> uh, but Jesus said, I have set in verse 8, he says, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. You know, um, God opens us, invites us to take the gospel to the people of the world. Uh, they have a need for the gospel. And uh, may God help us as we take the gospel to them. Let's just look in one other place, and I'm going to close. Luke chapter 5. Open up your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 5. And I'll close. Luke chapter 5 is a, it's a portion of Scripture that you're all familiar with. I, I, I understand, but uh, let's just briefly read it. And in verse 4, it says here, And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered, answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned under their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord, for he was astonished. And all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Here was a great miracle. A man, a professional fisherman, out all night fishing, didn't catch a thing. Jesus said, try it again. Go on out, cast out the net, you'll catch him. Well, he was going to give up. He was tired, wanted to go home, get a rest, get some rest. But he said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And he did. And a miracle happened. And he was taken back by that miracle. So much so that he was ready to forget his job. And follow Jesus. And he did. And he followed Jesus. 
And we know that the Apostle Peter, because of this miracle, was willing to walk away from his job and follow Christ. And we know that he was the first one who preached the gospel to the Gentile people. And what God did for Peter was he opened for Peter a door that has not been closed to this day. Do we have any Jews in here today? Maybe one, maybe two, maybe some who are half Jewish. (laughs) But you know, the gospel has been presented to the world through the Gentile nation, to the Gentile people. In other words, God opened for Peter a door right here that still has not been closed. He's still, there were still preaching the gospel to the Gentile people that God opened for Peter. And that gospel will continue to be preached as God opens doors. And so my wife and I have uh, been called, uh, as well as many, many of your missionaries. And they're out there on the front line. They're fighting for uh, the, the sake of souls. And so please remember them as uh, we take the gospel to uh, that, uh, those uh, people who are in such uh, need of Christ. I'll be, my wife and I will be leaving, and uh, I'll be helping a missionary. Uh, He has a camp. Uh, His name is Tom Tierney. Tom Tierney, almost 30 years ago as well, I knew him. He was a good man. He uh, he helped design the, uh, he helped design the engines on the space shuttle. And to hear him tell the story, they did such a good job. Uh, that they put themselves out of a job. <laughs> they built such good engines that they, that, they, uh, uh, that they put themselves out of a job. And so when that time came, the company, NASA, sent Tom to Japan. His wife was Japanese, sent him to Japan to help them with their space rockets. And Brother Tom helped uh, launch eight rockets successfully for, from Tanegashima, which is the island they ro- uh, launched them from. But God dealt with his heart about being a missionary. He had six children. He says, God, how do I live? And God spoke to his heart, and he walked away from that job. And, and, and took all of his money that he had. He bought a camp, a Christian camp. He bought a camp and had a Christian camp and, uh, and has served his Lord for 30 years. And guess what? He found out that God does meet needs. God does provide and, uh, and it, we'll be going back to, uh, with Brother Tom and helping him during the summer for the camp uh, season and help with churches. And, and, uh, and we'll have our own camp as well. But, uh, you know, God is still in the business of opening uh, as well as closing doors. You know, Paul prayed three times. Uh, he, the Bible tells us that Paul was hindered from going one place to another three times. One time he says he was hindered by the Spirit. One time he was hindered by uh, Satan. <laughs> and the other time he doesn't tell us who hindered him from going uh, where he is intending to go on. But, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Because uh, one time when God said the Spirit hindered him from going, immediately later he got a dream to go to Macedonia. And God knew that Macedonia was ripe unto the gospel preaching right there. And only God knew that. And he went and preached the gospel. And later on he went back to those places where he was intending to go and preach the gospel. And people were saved. But uh, what I'm saying is uh, uh, God uses 
will use you as you send us and your missionaries as you pray for us. God will use you to continue opening doors uh, for the salvation of the lost people. So let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you now for this evening. Thank you for the opportunity to preach your gospel and, uh, and to preach the, uh, the ministry of the church. We preached, uh, the pastor preached about it this morning, but my, what a ministry the church has as, uh, as the world awaits the, the gospel call. And uh, I pray that you would empower all of us as we go as lights into the world uh, and uh, share the, the gospel uh, to the many, many needy people. And I thank you for your power. Thank you for your blessings upon each of us, Lord, as we go out this week. In your name, we ask it in your name. Amen.